Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. everybody welcome back to another edition of the teardown my name is jeff gluck along with my colleague jordan bianchi who is at one of roger penske's uh, fancy podcast booths there at indianapolis <laughs> motor speedway i got to uh enjoy one of those myself uh for the indy 500 it's a very very comfortable digs there jordan looks like you're having a good time and we're here to talk about the uh indy road course race of course as well as uh IndyCar and F1. Jordan, how, how's it going there? It's going well. Uh, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this race because I think we are going to be a little bit different. Similar, some respects, but also different. So um, let's get to it. Oh, boy. I wonder what you're... Uh, I don't know what you're referring to because I have several thoughts about several different things. But um, <laughs> I guess, first of all, um, let's talk about Tyler Reddick. Uh, it wasn't too long ago uh, that we were talking about how Tyler Reddick had sort of been... The person that we had high expectations for this season had not lived up to those, had not won. Um, <laughs> things have changed because he's now won two races, the last two road course races, and he looked really sharp today in not only leading the race, but once those restarts started happening and all the craziness was breaking out, it would have been a great opportunity for somebody to choke or just make a mistake. Yep and get taken out by somebody behind you. If you didn't drive in deep enough, um, he was flawless. Even when the Ross Chastain thing happened, which we'll talk about when, you know, he comes on track out of nowhere. Um, Tyler Reddick kept his cool and he drove to a deserving win. So, uh, now he's put himself in good shape for the playoffs. Um, kind of getting over some of the awkwardness maybe at Richard Childress racing said he talked to Richard Childress and victory lane. They hadn't spoken since the uh, announcement that he's going to 2311. So uh, a lot of good things for Tyler Reddick today, Jordan. He was unflappable. Those last few laps, those la that la last few restarts, just flawless. Didn't make any mistakes and turned bad wheel. Same thing we saw at Road America, where he chased down Chase Elliott and was perfect in, in doing that and pulling away. And that's a different Tyler Reddick than we've seen in these situations. And it, this is a young driver who seems to have kind of gotten over that hump and has learned that is from his missteps and, and the opportunities that he continually had and, and kind of fell short that, Hey, I, I need to do this better. I got to do this better. And is now doing that and executing. And that's, that bodes well. And it's funny because I don't think any of us would have thought that his first win was going to come on a road course. And then he follows it with a second win on a road course. And he's still waiting for that first oval win, but it actually feels like that first oval win could happen anytime because he's so consistently fast on just about every type of oval there is. Yeah. Look, I mean, the guy is so talented and uh, we know that he's had this potential and he's certainly proving it now. And one thing I wish is that, um, look, I, I know that Richard Childress and his team are, you know, hurt anytime somebody says, hey, I'm, I don't think you're good enough. I'm going to go somewhere else. Um, you know, obviously, you know, that, that, that's, you know, you can be wounded about that. But number one, this is a business. Okay. Number two, he's watching out for his career. Number three, he gave him 18 months notice. And I just don't love the way, again, that Childress has handled this whole thing. I mean, talking about, you know, the, the statement that came out, how this this timing couldn't have been worse. Uh, the interview with Parker Kligerman he did after the race today where he says, hey, you know, when Kevin Harvick left my team, you know, we had a joint press conference, which was not, that's not true. That didn't happen. That's not, that no, that's not true. Um, and then, you know, we went out and won four races together next year, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that didn't happen this time. And then Tyler Reddick saying they hadn't even spoken since, you know, he had informed him of the news until now and, and things like that. Like, look, you've got an incredible talent there. You know, Nate Ryan pressed him afterwards. I think you talked to him as well. I talked to him this morning, yeah. Um, that, you know, he's going to be in the in the eight car next year. So you've, you've still got him there. Why not? Well, it was. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, it was funny, though, because 
I asked Richard about this this morning. I said, is Tyler going to be in your car next year? And he goes, he's going to be in a car. And I said, well, wait a second. Is he going to be in your car? He's going to be in a car. But is it then? And then he kind of just walked away and it was like, like, wait a second. Like what, you know, like what's going on here? Then he came back. It's like, he's going to be in one of our cars and he wouldn't clarify like cup or Xfinity. He just was saying he's going to be in one of our cars. And it was just an interesting, it's like, there's this little, it feels like they're almost kind of like, just kind of like messing with Reddick a little bit. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Right. And I, you know, I read an article that Bob Pockers did earlier in the week as well, where he had talked to children and it was the same kind of response, like the same kind of non-committal sort of thing and it's like they're toying with them yeah like you know they're messing with them a little bit like they're trying to you know leave them hanging or something but again wh- why do this why do this this guy is going out he's winning races for your team he's the only driver winning races for your team right now um he's single-handedly putting you into a competitive position why not show the guy some respect yes okay he's leaving and he gave you 18 months notice I mean, why not just embrace all he's doing and say, look, and use this to help get your next driver. Look, we're a winning organization. Look what we can offer you. Even as a sponsor, you know, sponsorship situation. Hey, sponsors, look, you, you know, we'll get you with somebody else and we'll, we'll be able to win races. We'll get you the right guy. But instead it's like, oh, like it's just, I, I hate to see Reddick tweet treated this way. Cause I don't think he deserves that. He's, he's doing great things for the team. Why not celebrate it? I mean, it's just, uh, it just seems all silly to me. And I, it's, it's, you know, why do this? I just don't get it. I just don't. I I agree. It seems unnecessary. I mean, I I think to your point is like, you can say, listen, we've got a driver who you come here. We're going to give you cars good enough to win races, make the playoffs. This is the organization we are. Like you can use this as a recruiting tool to get that next driver that you can build around. Cause you need that. If you're RCR, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand either. I don't get the hurt feelings. Like they knew the the, the tea leaves had been out there for a while that he was going to be leaving. Like you kind of knew this. You got the sense. I, I get, you know, Richard Ted told me that uh, when we talked right after the announcement that, you know, there were some sponsorship things they were kind of working on. They thought that might hurt that. But again, like if I'm a sponsor, I'm looking at this going, well, yeah, this guy's going to leave in 18 months, but this team is obviously good enough and they've got a good eye for talent. Because Richard's the guy who, when Tyler was in the Xfinity Series, went out and, and put him in his car and said, this guy, you know, yeah, yeah, he was coming off of the Xfinity Championship. But, like, Richard was the run guy. Who, like, this guy's actually good enough to be in Cup, and, like, right away. And he gave him opportunities. And I don't know. It, it, I don't know. Maybe it's just one of those things. I, I, I don't understand it. But I would think eventually that the hurt feelings will subside and everybody can move forward. And I guess it doesn't matter at the end of the day because they're still winning races. Exactly. And I think that's going to be what it comes down to, right? I mean, as long as Reddit keeps putting them in positions like he did today um, and, and, you know, they keep performing well, maybe they make a playoff run. It's going to be hard to still feel, you know, petty towards him, I guess, about all that. And hopefully they'll, uh, they'll start treating with him, treating him with a little bit more respect. Cause I, I just don't think that he, he deserves that. I mean, I, t- to be, you know, sort of maligned this way, um, when I, I, I really don't think that he did something inappropriate or, you know, I mean, gosh, I mean, again, how many people are going to get mad about 18 months notice leaving your job? Um, I just, I mean, uh, anyway. Um, so yeah, so Reddick's in good position now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the race didn't love the race. Didn't love the race. Jordan. Yeah. Is that what you were hoping I was going to yeah, say? Yeah, that's what I want to get into. I, so you go first. You tell me why you didn't love it. And I don't think you're wrong. I know what you're going to say, and I don't think you're wrong. But go I, fundamentally, I just okay, think we kind look, of just it, it just comes down to what we talked about in the past, which is I I don't I I resent it when the these elite drivers are put into position where they look like a bunch of clowns, and those late restarts there just funneling everybody down to this tight turn of this road course, you know, and they're just all ramming into each other, and nobody cares about running over anybody else all just complete lack of respect, you know, just complete. It just looks total foolishness. That's not good racing. That's not, that's not enjoyable to me. I get that. It's look, I could see Twitter. I'm sure a lot of people were enjoying it. They're like, Oh, this is awesome. I love this. (laughs) Wow. Chaos. I know you love chaos, (laughs) but to me, I'm just looking at this being like, Oh my God. Like that's, that's my reaction. Like I'm sitting there watching it going, Oh, geez. Like again, like, okay, whatever, I guess, 
you know, like I get that that's NASCAR road course racing in a lot of senses, but I don't know, man. Like it just doesn't do anything for me. Like I just don't, I'm like, I can't get pumped about like, Ooh, wow. Like this is so thrilling and exciting. Cause I'm just like, Oh God, it's, it's basically whoever survives a, like a chaotic landmine restart. And you're like, Whoa, yay. I don't know. It's just, yeah, that's my take. What's your take? So here's my thing. I hear what you're saying. And I, again, I don't disagree with that, but I think you can apply that to a lot of things in NASCAR, whether it's a super speedway race, whether it's a race at Martinsville in the playoffs, which we, we've seen all hell break loose there many times. Like to me, this is just, this represents modern day NASCAR and what this is. This is the, you want this, you want to put drivers in uncomfortable positions. You want to make them do things they probably don't want to do. And you want to see the outcome of that. And that's to me what this is. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I just, I just kind of look at this like this is the way NASCAR is. Like we've seen this. Like it's like Atlanta. It's like Atlanta Motor Speedway becoming a super speedway. Like you want these entertaining moments of uncomfortableness because you know that chaos is probably going to ensue. And that's that's just to me is NASCAR in 2022. Yeah, I guess what makes it um, sort of you know you 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 can see the contrast right between because it's at the same track where you've seen uh, these these oval races that was very prestigious in the Brickyard 400. Now, granted many of those were very boring, extremely boring, (laughs) but you felt like it meant something. It mattered. And you felt like typically the person that won was elite and deserving. And now thankfully we felt that way about Tyler Reddick today. Had he been taken out on one of these late restarts or whatever, that would have been, I mean, it was very close to Ross Chastain coming back on track and plowing into him. And even after he was going to get penalized, it, you know, they didn't, they didn't say that at the time, but that would have left a very, very, very bad taste in everybody's mouth. And had those guys wrecked while battling for the lead, which wasn't really the lead at that point. Cause it turned out, you know, Chastain was going to finish 27th. Um, but like that could have been pretty bad. And, you know, again, I, I think you've got to look, I'm all about the entertainment. I get that. You've also got to make sure you maintain enough integrity that people consider it enough of a sport. Um, that's just my, you know, look, I, I, you could probably find a zillion podcasts where I've said this, so I don't want to, you know, beat it to death. But I think when you, when you think, man, you know, you, you could have seen the Brickyard 400 on the oval and, and, you know, wow, that, that would have been, you know, I, I would like to see what this new car, I would like to give it a try. I, I just don't think that this road course race needs to be a thing. Um, either run it on the oval, as we've said, or just don't go there, uh, go somewhere else. I, I get that they don't want to take a race away from Penske, but I just don't see the point of this road course race. There's a zillion road course races. You're going to get this again in a few weeks. You got it a few weeks ago at road America. Yeah, um, this is a good market though. I mean, like you don't want to give up in any market. Like, okay. Then this- go to ORP, IRP. Okay, you you make that you tell Roger Penske that. Well, I mean that's you know you've got to make tough calls, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I would love to see that call be made. Well, then then run it on the oval. I, I to me that's not. I mean, I go back and forth on this because like I step back and I say the oval races were not good, and I was somebody who looked at that and I said this is not a good product. Yes, the you know the best teams usually showed up here, and the best there was no fluke winners of Brickyard Four Hundred more years, right? It was usually the best most driver years. team of the Paul year, Menard most did year. win one year, but that's yes. true. But I mean, like most, I mean most of that. I mean, you know, Ricky Red won too. Like it happened. But point is, like usually the best teams won that race year in and out. But the races were boring, and like it wasn't a bad, a good showcase. And this is a really good market. Indianapolis is a really good market for racing you, by any metric you look at. You need to be here. You've got a great partner in Penske. They put on a good product, uh, a fairly decent product today. I thought it was an entertaining race, largely. I, I agree with what you said about turn one. Those are things that can be fixed. And the crowd, by, and again, this is just anecdotally, like it looked good to me. Like that looked like a good crowd today. Like, and so why, why would you not want to come back here? I mean, to me, you, you, why can you not have a road course race here? I just think what, what's the point? I mean, it just doesn't get anybody fired up and it turns into like this, just race of attrition. And, um, I just, it doesn't do anything for me. That's all. I mean, well, there's a lot of races on the schedule. You could say that about though. Like, yeah, I but mean, when you have an opportunity to make this a prestigious crown jewel event that nobody cared it, about except for the teams, like people didn't watch it. Like it wasn't a crown jewel race where people tuned in and we were like, Oh my God, this is a crown jewel race. I got to watch it. No. And it sure as hell they, they weren't coming here and watching it in person. 
Like, if it's that, that means that much, where were the people watching this thing? Like Nathan Brown uh, from the Indie Star tweeted just a few minutes ago before we came on here that uh, IMS officials told him it was almost the same crowd um, as the last oval race in 2019 with fans. So, um, and it was a boring race. And this was a better race. I mean, it depends what you're looking for. That's that's yeah. the bottom line. It depends what you're looking for, what you want out of a race. Yeah. So, well, and what was it? I'd like to see the TV numbers too. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, so, listen, uh, let's talk about this Ross Chastain move because this has been highly controversial. <laughs> I think I'm going to fall on a different side than most of the people on Twitter from what I've seen so far. So, obviously, Ross Chastain, you know, turn one looked like there was a pretty high chance you're going to get wrecked if you go in there. Um, he decides, you know, it looked like he slowed down for half a second. Then he decides, you know, what, I'm just going to go straight through this access road. That's something that Steve Letard had sort of teased earlier in the broadcast. Like, Hey, would you consider doing this? You could just go on the access road through turn one. <laughs> um, apparently there was no sort of quote rule against it as far as, you know, that you couldn't use it necessarily. Um, now I, even if there was no rule against it, I think Absolutely. NASCAR did the right thing in penalizing that. That is not in the spirit of the course. He shortcut the course. Now, could you say, well, NASCAR should have made it harder so that you couldn't do that, so that you would lose time, so that you had to slow down? Of course, you can say all those things. But the bottom line is, you can't, it's not a joker lap from rally cars or whatever. Like, you can't just go off where you want to go and miss two turns of the course and come back on as the leader. That's completely unacceptable in terms of a form of major racing. That's just not, that just doesn't work like that. You cannot have somebody do that. Um, I wish they would have penalized him immediately and sooner um, instead of leaving him up there because just like with Chase Briscoe last year with Denny Hamlin, um, somebody that was up there battling for the lead after missing the turn and and essentially under penalty um, in the final laps could have affected the race. I mean, he, he... Ross Chastain, we know how Ross Chastain races. He could have easily cleaned out Reddick or Reddick could have forced the issue, not knowing, you know, that uh, Chastain was definitely going to be penalized and he could have wrecked himself, whatever. And that would have been a huge black eye, in my opinion. So, yes, I I think they did the right thing. Um, Obviously, they can change the zone for next year. But, you know, written rule or not, I'm not sure what the language was. I'm not sure. I watched Bob's video from the driver meeting. Uh unclear murky there apparently it had been a topic from the drivers oh you could maybe do this um but i think they had to penalize him that's my take what do you I, think i don't think it's a it's a no-brainer i don't even think it's a debate i mean you had oh, no to no look at twitter many I people think, i'm not no no i'm look, not gonna do here, well okay i'll tell you their point and then you can respond to it people on twitter are saying this is not a rule why should ross chastain be penalized for nascar not making it enough of a penalty to go off the course there. In fact, Kevin Swindell, the renowned uh, dirt yeah. racer and dirt owner, uh, said this on, on Twitter himself. I mean, there's a lot of people who are saying this. Hey, this, you know, I think Noah Gregson called it a big brain move on Twitter. So th- there's, there's a, essentially, and a lot of fans right. are saying like, you know, why should he be penalized for something that's not a rule? So what's your response to that? I, I mean, to me, it's, I, I echo what you said. This is the spirit of the rule is you can't go off the course to improve your position. That's what he did. To me, to speak, there's a bigger issue at hand, though, which is, and we've talked about this before, is like when you're going to have these road course rules races and you're going to have more of them, you have to make sure your officiating and your rules are buttoned up to a T. And that means you can't leave little loopholes like this where it can be exploited because this is never really an issue in other series where if you clearly go off a course like this in most other road coursing series, it's like it's a penalty or it's some kind of some kind of form of penalty. So you either need to make it a stop and go or you need to have more of a, like a chicane kind of thing through there that really slows the cars down so they're losing more time. But this is a clear-cut penalty. It's just why it wasn't laid out clearly by NASCAR going into this, That that's a, that's the question I'd like to know. Well, but, but devil's advocate, you said it's a loophole and the spirit of the rule, but it's not the rule itself as far as, I mean, depending on your interpretation of the driver's meeting video I watched, um, it's not spelled out clearly, I guess. And clearly enough that it was a topic in the garage sounds like before the race, like that, that this was a possibility. So again, like if that was a loophole, 
then maybe he shouldn't be penalized. Now, I think he should have because you just can't do that. Um, but again, like that's what that's what the argument's going to be. Well, if it wasn't specifically spelled out that you can't do this, then why can't he? That's what that's what the argument's going to be. So, well, here's um, the question. So I'm looking at this video, and it says all four tires must stay on the racing surface. Isn't it clear though that that's not the racing surface? Like that's off the racing surface. But it didn't say that. You know, if you go on the access road, um, it says shortcutting turns one. Turn one will result in a penalty. He shortcutted turn one. I mean, that to me, like that. I mean, the way I'm reading this is like if you he just shortcutted turn one, that's a penalty. Okay. Well, I mean, you could say you could argue that that's the long way around. That's not the circuit, though. I mean, the circuit's clearly. I agree with you. I, I'm. I've said I agree with you. I'm just I, saying I, what, this I, is what yeah, the counter argument is going to be. So I, can I, you uh, knock this fine. down? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you ignore those people, Jeff. Just ignore those people. Those are many of our listeners. We can't just ignore I, I, them. I, I love them. God bless them. I, thank you. I appreciate that. I just, I'm not going to argue with something that, like, to me, this is, this is unarguable. Okay. Well, I agree. And uh, I think they, NASCAR, again, did the right thing. Um, now, they also did it to Austin Dillon. But the weird thing about that was, so they put Ross Chastain in 27th. They put Austin Dillon in 30th, one lap down. Uh, below Joey Hand, and they then uh, Daniel Suarez was below Chastain, um, listed on what I'm looking at here. So when when did Blaney? Now you may not have even seen this. Peacock afterwards, when you were on pit road getting content, Peacock re- had a replay of Blaney intentionally spinning um, Daniel Suarez, but it was unclear whether that was the last lap or on the cooldown lap. I wasn't exactly clear, but. How did Suarez get below Chastain and all of that? Like if Chastain's being penalized, I'm not exactly clear, but I think the bottom line is there needs to be a clear cut. Like, again, you know, right away, if something happens, we all know the rule. This, what did this come up last week? Didn't it? Where we were talking about, well, we didn't know the rule and that we should know right away. Um, I can't remember what the situation was. Um, We were just talking about this though. Like we should immediately know whether that's legal or not. And uh, we didn't. But. Was it talking about post-race penalties? Is that what it was? No, I don't think so. I, I can't even remember. There's so much murkiness. <laughs> I mean, the post-race penalties too, we could talk about because I'm not clear on exactly all what happened this week, but we'll get to those in a minute. <laughs> um, anyway, you also had three rookies plus Bubba, Wall- Bubba Wallace finished in the top five today. Um, you know, best career finishes for some of those guys. Uh, Bubba Wallace had never gotten a top 10 on the road course before. Ends up being the best Toyota um, after Bell had his problems. Kyle Busch came back to finish eight, uh, 11th. But uh, I don't know. The Toyotas, did they make gains on the road courses or are they still out to lunch? Are they, are they still missing it? I think they're still out, but they've made gains. Bell was quick all weekend. He had a qualified well, practiced well, raced well, and just had an issue late. Danny Hamlin looked like he was running deep, decent lap times. It seems like they've made progress. Bubble Walsh was competitive for you know for you know a good chunk of today as well. So I, you can definitely see them making steps, but I don't think they're there where they're where we're used to seeing them on these type of tracks. Martin Truex Jr., who's usually really really good in these road course races, was a non-factor completely today. Yeah, he finished twenty-first. Um, yeah, I, I it still feels like you know as we go to Watkins Glen. Um, as the next one, uh, there's two more road courses, Watkins Glen, and the Roval, and you would think Watkins Glen going in that you're going to think of the same people. You're going to think, okay, Reddick and Chase Elliott are probably the favorites. You'd think the track house cars will be good again there. And then, you know, maybe if like a Cindric or somebody has a good day or an Almondinger or somebody like that. But other than that, you're not really going to, I mean, I think it's kind of becoming clear who's nailing it right now on these road courses. Um, and it just seems like generally it's Chevy Ford, then Toyota, uh, kind of a distant third. You wouldn't, you wouldn't go in there thinking, okay, Toyota's going to win right now. So they've, again, they've got to make more gains for the playoffs. Cause that's an important race, uh, that Roval race, but, um, we shall see. It's a cutoff. Yeah. I mean, the only saving grace is there's only one road course race. So <laughs> I was funny. I was talking to, uh, Toyota president, David Wilson, and we were talking about road course struggles and he, and he said, man. I would never think that I was actually more excited for Talladega 
and feeling more comfortable about that than I am a road course in the playoff. I'm like, Oof. that's that that's the reality of the situation right now. That says a lot though, right? Yeah. I mean, that really that really says a lot about where they are. Um Almondinger had sort of a heroic effort there. I mean, as as beat up as he was with the heat getting to him. Um He got out of the car and just collapsed. I saw it and just like it was like down. Yeah, no, I, they showed the replay of that whole thing on TV and um, uh, of him, you know, getting the cool towels and the ice and all that stuff. And uh, not great, not great. But um, at the same time, um, you know, man, he's he's just such an incredible talent, obviously with the Xfinity Series race as well. Um, nine Xfinity wins, two cup wins um, on road courses. I mean, the guy is just... What a beast. What an absolute beast. And, uh, you know, just continues to show his talent. It just makes you wonder why not, why not, why doesn't somebody get him in a cup car and like, don't even worry about necessarily like the ovals for most of the year. Just here, you've got five regular season road courses at this point and say, look, we can, we can make the playoffs. Just win one of those. Just win one of the five. Yeah. I agree. I, when they, when NASCAR kind of flipped the schedule, a few years ago, I thought AJ would be somebody that teams would covet. Like, hey, this is a guy we should get in our car. Because you said, you win one of those five, that's all you got to do. And if you get, he's, he's not like horrible elsewhere. He's good elsewhere. I mean, you know, much better than he used to be. And, and like, you could punch your playoff ticket. And why not do that? And I'm surprised. And part of it is, is AJ, you know, he had a really, his cup career did not end how he wanted to. He was very frustrated, wasn't happy, wasn't running how he wanted to. And he was very beaten down and, and, uh, miserable basically and he wasn't looking for didn't want to run full-time anymore and it took colleague really to like kind of convince him to come back and you know and, and i think the Xfinity series i think what he wants is for fulfillment that gives it to him right now but again though if i, I he's not going to go to a cup though with a a a team that isn't going to give him an opportunity to be more cons- competitive every single week you know not just five times or six times a year so like now, if it was a big team though, like that would be an interesting that would be an interesting decision he'd have to make. Well, I mean, here's the thing: like you know that getting into the playoffs charter wise gives you such a huge payoff sure. for your team and sets you up well. I mean, it would be a good move for. I mean, look, here's the thing: if he's going to do that, the window for him is so small because he's turning 41 at the end of this year, um, and we know that you know there's a pretty big drop off once you get to your mid forties, probably. So if somebody's going to do that and say, Hey, let's give it one chance here. Um, you got to do it pretty soon. But I, I think, it, I think it would be worth pursuing because just making the playoffs means so much. And we can see with all these different winners, um, you've got a shot to do it. I mean, Michael McDowell's going out there today saying, Hey, let's, let's win this race. Um, and let's get ourselves in even after the, the big penalty that they had, because as much as we've talked about 16 winners, it now doesn't look as likely. There's four races left, two slots. Um, it looks like you could still be able to win your way in, and I bet in future years there won't be this much parity. So um, if you can win a race, as hard as that is to do, and there's no guarantee, but, man, it sure would be worth a lot of money if you can do it. So Why would you not? Like, if you're a Stuart Haas racing, right, and you've kind of got some, you've got a little bit of wiggle room on what you can do, why would you not make that call and like say make AJ say no to you? Like say, listen, we're one of NASCAR's big teams. You come here, where you're gonna have good equipment, an opportunity to do some things, and it's not gonna be a struggle like it was when you were running full time. And you're gonna have an opportunity to be more consistently competitive on the ovals than you did before. Say no to us. Yeah, no, I I agree. I agree. I mean, again, it does so much for your organization just to make the playoffs. It doesn't really. Everybody forgets how you ran you know, in most of the races the rest of the year. Right. So, I mean, again, Denny Hamlin remains 19th in points from what I'm looking at here. And, you know, since he's won two races and kind of, we thought a third last week, everybody's (laughs) like, Oh, he's having a great season. He's a threat for the championship. So it, it just, you know, it doesn't ultimately matter because in this system, as long as you make the playoffs, you you've, you've got a shot. And with the road course in the playoffs too, if you can somehow survive to that point, I mean, you never know. That's, that's all I'm saying. Like, there's super speedway in the road court in the, in the playoffs too, as well as a road course. You just AJ's don't know. really AJ's really good at Martinsville too. People forget that. 
Yeah, like he finished I mean, second there in the cup car twice. He's really so, good there. Something say. to think about. Something to think about. Uh, what else from this um, road course race today that did you want to touch on? Uh, you had the Larson, uh, Ty Dillon, very scary incident Ooh. there. Uh, good thing Man, that Ty that Dillon looks... was there to stop Larson. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I feel good. bad for Ty Dillon, but. Yeah, that could have been really, really ugly and bad. And just, I mean, I don't know what, something broke on the five car and, and what, that's just, that was, that went through, that, that got ugly in a hurry. And that team right now is kind of going in the wrong direction. But that's, that's a minor point. But thankfully everybody walked away from that. Yeah, Larson, man. Um, it just, uh, boy, I, I mean, you knew they weren't going to be able to live up to what they did last season just because that was just an unbelievable year and, a, and you know, the whole model of everything was changing with this car. But uh, they just don't seem, I mean, they're like not even really close to running that well lately. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like. I mean, Elliott is clearly carrying the banner for Hendrick. I mean, uh, Byron, you know, has had a, a bad summer. Bowman is way off. Larson Bowman's just doesn't. Old, yeah. yeah, like Bowman's like Byron. You can chalk up to bad luck, right? Largely, sometimes, I mean, some. Of yeah, it, I mean, yeah. I feel I feel like they've been snake, but I mean, like, they, honestly, he he came within a lap from winning from having three wins this year. You know, like he's he's ran wild. They just they keep breaking things in that car, and Larson's like it's like kind of streaky. It's like they start to string together some races and some finishes, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, okay. You can see you can see them maybe kind of heating up a little bit, and then they just kind of run so so and. It's just they're not they're not doing what you're not going to win ten races, but they're not really leading laps. And what to me is the fact that their teammate Chase Elliott is really kind of hitting his stride. I mean, his, his streak of top two finishes snapped today, but Chase was still competitive. Like he's hitting his stride, and at the same time, in the same equipment, you're going the other direction. To me, that's that's uh, it's puzzling to see because I didn't expect this, and I, I don't know what to make out of Bowman because that's just that's not good. They're not they're not running well. Well, Larson, I mean, for instance, um, like he, you know, you, you don't think that Martin Truex Jr. is having a great season. You don't think of him, at least I don't think, oh, Martin Truex is having great. Larson is behind Martin Truex Jr. in points. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's close, but, you know, if you if you think to yourself, if you're one of these people out there that thinks to yourself, ah, Truex isn't having that great of a year, he's having a quiet year, Larson is lower. Uh, now he does have the win and Truex doesn't, but still, I mean, you're just like, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, no, I'm looking at it right now. I'm just doing the quick math. Larson's ninth in laps led this year. That's wow. crazy. Wow. Like is... ninth. And Chase Briscoe is just behind him and Christopher Bell. Like, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it's – I, <laughs> this is not the season we thought that Kyle Larson was going to have. Now, obviously, everything can change in the playoffs, and that's kind of like you said. Like, that's really all that matters. You're just exactly. getting there. But, right. but maybe we'll have a different conversation. But it's just I, – I was expecting more. Yeah, I mean, you would still, I mean, I would still sit here today and he'd probably be one of my final four picks, to be honest with you. So, I mean. Yeah, I don't think, I would, you could make a very good case. Yeah. Um, how about Chris Busher? His car catches on fire. He's got all the sort of like fire extinguisher stuff in his face because they're blasting the fire extinguisher into the car. Can't see like out of his visor and all this crap. The car's smoking, loses a couple laps on pit road. He finished 10th. He finished 10th in the race. He got a top 10. Well, like, how can you what? not be entertained by this race, Joe? You don't get this that kind of action on the oval. You don't see cars catch on fire and then drivers keep going and come back and finish 10th. <sighs> uh, yeah, I guess so. Sure. I mean, I could go see that the demolition derby too, but, oh uh, yeah. I mean, that's just crazy, crazy stuff. <laughs> that's pretty wild. Um, Cole Custer too. I mean, it looked like he was going to, you know, he got spun. I feel he's, like I, he spun himself out. kind of. Yeah. Yeah, right, and he finished ninth. He, so, he needs a good run too, by the way. Joey Logano's car caught on fire after the race. Uh, he finished sixth with Should his car. Oh, Blaney! Oh, go ahead. So it's his teammate Blaney too, like all angry afterwards. Well, I don't blame Blaney. I mean, Blaney obviously feels the way I do about the. I mean, he. he I saw his quotes. He sounded off, and you know about the lack of respect. I mean. He like he said he didn't even have to get a he didn't even have a chance to get to Tyler Reddick's bumper on that restart before he got cleaned out. I mean, it wasn't even the old tire. The tires were so hard. Leaving him out was a, a brilliant call to give him track position. And he could have actually done something on that restart. And then he just gets completely destroyed. I mean, it's no wonder he's frustrated. I mean, he, even if he wanted to do this destroying in front of him, he didn't have the <laughs> chance. Somebody took him out first. So uh, I don't know that. if Suarez was the correct 
uh, person to retaliate against. Uh, it looked like Sindrick had a piece of that as well. Who knows who had it? I mean, everybody's having a piece of everything. There was that one restart where where Logano came in. I don't know if you saw the replay. Oh, I, was just, like, I was just going to ask you about the same thing. Like, I don't. I would love to. I would love to sit down with that video and ask Joey. Like, what were you? What were your intentions here, sir? But he's going to tell you the same thing. Like. I'm going in there hard. I'm going to hopefully bounce off some people and then keep going. Like he wasn't the only one too on that. No, I mean, Byron like, on that restart mentality. too. Yeah. I mean, it's just like you basically, it feels like you just like mash the gas as hard as you can dive as hard as deep in turn one as you can close your eyes, pray you don't like crash and then keep going. How'd you like that IRP race? That, that to me was a breath of fresh air. Um, just being able to see the, the truck series back there. NASCAR had not been there back there awesome. for so long. That was some great, Short track racing, love to see the crowd, love to see the type of racing they had there. It got a little, uh, a little bit silly toward the end, but uh, for the most part, it's it was uh, it was a good race. I, I really enjoyed being back there. I would like to see the All Star race or something there. Well, uh, on that, you, you never know, Jeff. Right? You never know what you might see at the at a short track All Star race or something. Um, how about the fact, like everybody on social media on Friday night? was like rarely does every anyone agree on NASCAR Twitter. Like you can say the sky is blue and it, you you'll somebody will say like no it's pink. But on Friday night, NASCAR social media, everybody was like unified of like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. How awesome is this? That was really neat to see. I loved it. I mean you're right. I mean it was like unanimous positivity. Like this is yeah. awesome. I love this. This is so great. How do you not look at that and just say we've got to do more of this. Like I just, it, it's so frustrating to me at times to that short tracks, you know, as much as everybody wants to talk about them, uh, they're just still not as big of a part as NASCAR as of NASCAR as they should be. In my opinion, I mean, it should be tons of short tracks, lots of short track racing. I mean, I don't know. I, and no, I agree. Like fundamentally, I a hundred percent agree. Like I want to see the truck series go back to its roots and have just more the truck series. Well, well, okay. I mean, I would agree across the board, like, but, but for the truck series, like specifically that, that they really should have like more tr short trip, but then it's like, how do you justify, like, you have to have, you, you have to have more standalone races for these guys probably. And how do you do that at the cost? And I, I just, I don't know how, I mean, from a business side, it, I look back and I'm like, I just don't see how you can, you can, you can justify this. Don't worry about it. Just have a triple header there. Triple header. Okay. Yes. Bring everybody there. Why, why do why is it like who wants to see some of these other tracks? Like go to, go to freaking awesome short tracks. I mean, I think it was Chris Gabehart on Twitter the other night was basically saying you want to see good racing, go to good tracks. I mean, it's, I agree. I mean, I want to see races. At, I would love to see a race at Nashville, the fairgrounds. I would love to, I mean, in a perfect world, I'd love to see NASCAR go back to South. It doesn't Boston. have to be a perfect world. Just go there. There's a, it, you, we've had this conversation so many times. It is so, it's so much easier said than done. I mean, okay. Well, they're doing a street course race and they've done it. LA Coliseum Stadium race. If they can do those things, they can certainly go to like IRP if they wanted to, in my opinion. So add more seating, sure. They've done it before. I mean, there's old pictures of IRP with stands way farther around than there. Yeah, are. they had like thirty thousand now. That was it. Yeah, so put in more seating till till they don't sell tickets anymore, I guess. I don't know. So like I'm not trying to be this guy. Like, I'm looking at this like, okay, so they got sixty thousand at the at the at today's race. Okay. So then you're gonna so hypothetically you're gonna take away the date at Brickyard where you get sixty thousand people, and you've got this kind of big weekend that you're. Wait, I didn't say that though. I didn't say that. Uh, but you said like I mean the, theoretically you're not gonna have two. You're, you 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 did say you could move the. You, okay, go ahead. And no, I was. So, no, yeah, go ahead. I, I so I just mean like you're not gonna have two races here, so it's gonna be one or the other. It's IRP or it's it's Indianapolis. It's a Motor Speedway. So. You're going to go to the one where you get 60,000 or you're going to go to the one where you get 30,000. Just have two then. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, have 30,000 for one and 60,000 for the other two different crowds, I guess. I don't know. Uh, all right. All right. Let's move on to a different topic. I'm more practical. Survivor 46 is here. And so is on fire. The only official survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Okay, so let's just go ahead and do the uh, was the good race poll for this race uh, before we talk about IndyCar and F1. Um, so listen, Jordan, you don't know this yet. Uh, I'm not going to be guessing on the good race poll um, this week. Why? Um, because, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to go ahead and just say that congratulations, you are the champion of the good race poll. Um, I'm done. I'm done guessing it. We can maybe reevaluate if the playoffs come around. Uh, probably not. So obviously like backstory on this stupid poll that I know you guys are tired of hearing about, but, um, I felt like it was, um, impacted by somebody buying votes. Then I've the last two weeks, I put it on a Google form. The votes have been way down, uh, because people don't want to actually have to click a different link, even though it's very easy. Um, it's fine, whatever. I don't really care about that, but it's the, the votes have been pretty consistent, even though it's a smaller number, like it hasn't been moving all around, which made me happy, but I'm also getting a lot of people on Twitter going, Jeff didn't like the poll results. And so now yeah. he's rigging this. He's doing this because it's a, yeah. it gets a different percentage and blah, blah, blah. He's trying to get a certain percentage. Yeah. I, I don't want people. Yeah. Uh, the winning streak did this to you. You snapped. My winning streak, you snapped. Like okay, you I'm just, being serious. You, like I, I, it really bothers me. Like legit bothers me that people would think that that that's why I'm doing this. It like irritates the crap out of me. So congratulations if you would like to irritate me more. Just keep sending me the tweets that I'm rigging the poll so fine. that I can win Absolutely. a the stupid please. game, which I don't even care about. Okay, yeah, listen. Please. So I'm not gonna guess. I'm done guessing. We're <laughs> not doing the good race poll uh, guesses on our podcast anymore. Uh, I might be done with the poll because I'm so tired of everybody complaining about it. It's not worth it for like me to get mad every single Monday and Tuesday with all these tweets people send me. Um, like it gives it's just, me great joy. Well, that's nice. I'm so happy for you, really. Anyway, you win, okay? Like I'm still going to do the poll for now until I get so irritated that I'm just going to say the hell with it. Uh, I, I think people enjoy voting. I don't want to take that away from people. I can't do it on Twitter because it's just not it's not legit. Like, I mean, it's too easy to manipulate. I'm trying to do it in a more secure way. And then people accuse me of trying to like do it so I can win the stupid podcast game. I don't care. Congratulations to Jordan. You are the champion. You won seven in a row anyway. Okay. I won the last two weeks with my rigged poll or whatever. You can I just don't care the air codes. You can just say it's, it's rigged. Okay. Whatever. Anyway, I feel like I'm watching the Jeff Gluck become a villain origin story. Like Probably. Th- this, this feels like when you like you've snapped and like from now on, you're going to become a villain, like this, okay. mo- this super villain wonderful. in a comic book. I would just love to be that. That just, that's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. That's what I set out to be is like, just get a bunch of blowback every time I open social media. It's just very enjoyable. So enjoyable anyway. So, uh, I'll just ask you without guessing the percentage, if you were voting, did you think that this was a good race? Uh, see, it, it's not a matter of what I think. It's a matter of what I think people are going to think. No, like, now we can just say, did you think this was a good race today? I, I, I thought it was a good race. I thought the racing was good. It was a little bit of a runaway. It, there's parts of it where the leader was, you know, kind of stretched out. I liked the varying strategies. We talk a lot about how road course strategies have kind of um, have gone away because of stages and everything. Today, though, it was it was unique. We don't we didn't we did see a little bit of um, some elements to to strategy that we don't have seen. You know, Ryan Blaney took a no tire pit stop and just gas. Like that was interesting. And what they were doing and trying to, they went through all stage one into stage two and almost stay all entire stage two without pitting. 
I thought that was good. I thought that was that was interesting that you can talk, you can debate the end of the race and going into turn one and everything. But I was I was I wasn't throwing my hands up in the air saying this is awful or anything. Okay, yeah. I mean, uh, I honestly would vote yes. Also, despite what I said earlier about like it was a little bit over the top for me. I still don't think it was not. It wasn't a bad race, so therefore I would vote yes to say it was a good race. So this race gets two thumbs up from the Siskel and Ebert of NASCAR podcasters, I guess. So there you go. We, we just gave two thumbs up. Uh, anyway, if you were, if you were a villain, what would your name be? Let's move on to the IndyCar uh, element of this. Uh, what do you think of the crossover this year in terms of both series? It seems like there was a little bit more, maybe like, oh, they're like, Oh, Kyle Larson's uh, in the IndyCar garage for Ganassi and Blaney's watching the Penske people. And you cool. know, it, it was okay. I mean, it wasn't like, I guess I would like to see even more of like the drivers mingling Interact. and interacting. Yeah. I mean, there was a nice uh, thing on the pre-race show too, where you had Pato Award and Suarez comparing their old go-kart photos or whatever, stuff like that. That was, that was nice. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, is, is this working? Like, do you like it as a double header? Do you think that you should keep doing it? Cause IndyCar kind of feels like the support series for all this. Yeah, I would agree with that. If I come on the IndyCar, person i would look at this going man do we kind of feel like the, the third act almost right because you're not even getting a favorable time on saturday they're the warm-up <laughs> for xfinity yeah and i'm not saying they shouldn't be i'm just saying like that's the reality um i like it i mean as someone i look at this like a super weekend like you're bringing you know these two big series together and and one track i think it's really cool I'd like to see it continue. It did kind of lose a little bit. It didn't have that same, maybe that buzz that you saw last year where there was a lot of crossover and intermingling and, and drivers and anything like that. But, you know, I saw Scott Dixon on the grid today before the race and he was excited to be there. And I think it is neat to see these drivers interact. I'd like to maybe see it more. Um, it would be great if you could find a way to, to have a NASCAR driver in the IndyCar race and have a IndyCar driver in the NASCAR race or do something of that nature and, throw up like a huge cash prize or something right you win both races you win this big giant check with lots of zeros on it so i think it's i think it's a good thing i would like to see it continue i think this is a great spot for it i wouldn't want to move it anywhere else and maybe you could make some tweaks there here and there but i think if you're a race fan and you want to see these two series um this is a great weekend to do it because you can come here and i and i think adding the short the, the truck series at the short track added to that as well because it just felt like there's really cool lots of stuff going on racing mecca of a weekend yeah that's good that's good i like to hear that um you know it was, it was kind of weird like connor daly tweeted hey you know what's really bothers me is some of my nascar friends don't even realize that we're competing with them this weekend like that was somehow completely off the radar or missed or whatever for some of the nascar people so it does feel like I mean, I, I would feel kind of weird about it again if I was IndyCar, just like you said, because, I mean, you to have a joint weekend is one thing, but to say, hey, we're going to tack on to NASCAR's weekend and we're going to be like in the morning spot and, and not even get the premiere spot on Saturday, um, man, wouldn't that be kind of hard to swallow if you were... It should be, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like we're the warm up for Xfinity series for NASCAR's AAA series. Like, I don't know. That would rub me the wrong way personally. I, I um, would agree. But then it's like IndyCar is like these elite drivers who some of whom have competed in F1 and, um, you know, all this stuff. It's just like, and we're like, oh yeah, yeah. You, you go before the uh, Xfinity guys on Saturday and then just get out of there so we can put this in like the top spot. Like, I don't know. I don't have the answer. And this is the question I ask. And I shouldn't know the answer to like, what gets higher ratings, IndyCar or NASCAR? Xfinity. Xfinity does. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's what, I, that's what I thought. I presume. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure. So I look at that and like, yeah, it sucks if you're IndyCar, but I'm also like, this is a business decision. Sorry. Like this makes sense. Yeah. But I just feel like you're almost taking your series and being like, I don't know, like you're, you're, yeah. it's, it's hard to say, Hey, come out and follow us. And we're elite and all the stuff when you put yourself in that position to be sure third kind of, I don't know. I think this is part of the bigger issue though with Indy cars. Like I feel like they have an identity issue. Like it is a great series and there's so we've feel like a rehashing conversation we just had, but yeah, like, but there, this is a great series and the racing is fantastic and there's parody and it's competitive. It's all of these things you want, right? Personalities, but like, it's still 
an afterthought. Like you look at the ratings, they're getting lower ratings than SRX. Like, right. right. Wh- like, what is IndyCar? On NBC. Yeah. Like it should, you have all of these elements in your favor and yet you're still turning in a product that is not getting the attention. Like you have got to step back and figure out what the hell are we doing wrong here and what can we do better? I don't know the answer. I don't. I've, I was kind of one of the things I was talking to people about this weekend. I was like, what is going on here? What am I missing? And and there's not an easy answer. No, I know. I mean, again, like I'm, I'm a frequent listener of Connor Daly's podcast, which is again, a speed street, which is on, on dirty mo media now. And, and, uh, you know, he talks about the same things. Like nobody knows we're, we're on TV. Like we have a great product. We have elite drivers, great personalities, all this stuff. And nobody's watching. Like it's, it's just crazy uh, in a way, but uh, Alexander Rossi breaks through first time in three years, gets that big win at mo- mostly relief. Uh, it seemed like, uh, when he's on his way out the door with Andretti, uh, before he goes to McLaren next year, uh, obviously important for him. I mean, Alexander Rossi for a while there, I mean, even that, that, that year he won three years ago, he won two races, uh, that year, Long Beach and Road America, both in dominating fashion. He won the Road America race, which was his last win up until this weekend by like 28 seconds it felt and, like he was never going to lose. And, and like it, it, you know, he was making all those daring Indy 500 moves back then. And you're just like, man, this guy is so elite. Like he's going to be an IndyCar champion. He's going to win so many IndyCar races. And then he just stopped winning. And like, oh, weird. It's so strange. Like that relationship fell apart. It just, they could never get the speed out of their cars. Um, or at least his cars. And, he kept making mistakes. Like it was like, well, that's, pressing. I mean, that's what happens when you push too hard in yeah. general, but. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, you look it, like, no, go ahead. We were well, I was just going to say, maybe, maybe this will be the, the sort of catalyst for kind of getting him back into form a little bit. But, um, you know, he went from like this, there was like this buzz around him, like, man, mm-hmm. Alexander Rossi is such a badass. He's so talented and all this stuff. And yeah. to just like an afterthought. Yeah. yeah kind of weird. I, it, it felt like he was never going to lose. Like yeah. he would turn in these performances, he'd win the pole, lead the most laps, and just kick everyone's butt. And it was like, wow, this guy's going to win all of the races and the championships. And how many Indy 500s is he going to win? And and then it's just like off a cliff. Yeah, very strange. Um, so yeah, it, it was uh, interesting to to see. You know, I again, I I wonder if he'll be able to sort of now that you see it happen sometimes where somebody gets that win that, that, you know, that it's been a long time coming, whether it's their first win or to break a drought and then things just seem to come easier after that. So it'd be fascinating if that happened and it's, you know, he's not in the championship picture, but the championship picture for IndyCar com- continues to be a little bit puzzling. Marcus Erickson now lost the lead, um, after, and you know, it's, he's only eight points out, I think, but, uh, they're going back to Nashville now where he did the, the flip uh, the airborne and win last year. <laughs> um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, I think there's only what four IndyCar races there's left. Four, yeah. Yeah. So their season is going to wind down pretty quickly. Um, I think they've got Nashville gateway, Portland, Laguna Seca. And that's that's it. correct. Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's crazy. I mean, IndyCar season is over like the second week of September. Yeah, they I mean they they have a they have a conscientious decision. They clear out come football season. They are they get out of the way, whether that's good or bad, it's up to you. But that's their that's what they do. Yep. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll have some uh, more championship clarity on their situation pretty soon. Speaking of more championship clarity, we seem to have that now in Formula One. I was obviously wrong in thinking that. Uh, I'm sorry. For... What'd you say? You heard me. I, my, you know the audio cut out. Oh, okay. I really do think, though, that uh, in my defense, <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were going to make some kind of excuse. Please continue. Oh my god! In my defense, oh, of course. Can you ever recall a time, ever in all your years of watching racing, where one team bungled away, like they they had speed and yet bungled away finishes and wins over and over again? That's why I thought, well, it can't possibly keep up like this forever. Ferrari will capitalize on their speed. And if Max Verstappen, you know, slips up or whatever, doesn't have a good weekend, then they'll be right back in the hunt. But you put your top faith in Ferrari. 
that's silly. I just thought it can't last like this forever, right? This isn't like a year thing, though. This is an ongoing thing of Ferrari's ineptitude. It is ingrained in them. It's like it doesn't matter who's over there. They are in. They are forever inept. Like they have a wheel of, of ineptitude. They spin. It seems like every week of this is how we're going to lose a race this week. Like you put your faith in these people. Come on, you're smarter than this. I just feel like the the law of averages or something like was gonna eventually. <laughs> even things out but my goodness um uh, another just i mean they should have had a double podium today the yeah. leclerc should have won the race and signs should have been in the top three um i mean how can you i mean honestly on after qualifying on saturday i was getting ready to come on this podcast and oh, crow. oh i saved the tweet Oh no, I've got the tweet bookmarked, my friend. I'm sure. Oh, I, I, I had a response. I was going to fire back and I'm like, no, no, you know, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait. Let's see what happens. You know, Verstappen didn't qualify well. Leclerc, okay. Maybe it's a point swing. I, even though like a lot's going to happen. You were awfully happen. quiet for a minute there. You were no, awfully quiet. No, I wasn't. No. You because weren't? even if Leclerc would have won today, even if Leclerc would have won today and he should have won the race, Verstappen was still going to finish fourth. Like he was, st- what? It wasn't going to be a big point swing. Like, right, so but my what? point like, is on Saturday when Verstappen qualifies 10th and Leclerc qualifies top three. No. You, you, you're, you was never in doubt for it, huh? No, I, I, I stand by what I said a week ago. Like, well, Hey, you were right. Great. You were absolutely like, right. They, you, you, it's not, it's just a one week thing. Like so much would have to go right for, for Ferrari. And so much is going to have to go wrong for Red Bull. And like, it's just, I wasn't going to let one, I wasn't going to be a prisoner of the moment. Just like, okay, one qualifying session sway me. I'm happy to admit when I'm wrong that I was wrong. I was wrong about this one. The championship is over going into the month long summer break. This is crushing momentum for Ferrari. They'll never be able to recover from this this season. Now their bigger problem is worrying about Mercedes catching them in the constructors championship because Mercedes only 30 points behind second straight week with a double podium for Mercedes. George Russell gets his first pole. That was very exciting and thrilling by the way, to watch that unfold. It looked like Ferrari was going to have a pole with Carlos signs. And then George comes out of nowhere and snatches it away. Um, and you know, as, as much struggles as, uh, Mercedes had this year, um, you know, it was like, wow, that was, that was pretty stunning. And then, uh, you know, I, I'm wondering if, since I admit I'm wrong, would you admit you're wrong about Lewis Hamilton having a fork in his back? Second straight week, he's finished. You already asked me about this. You brought this up last week. I'm I, not, said I'm I don't think impressed. I got the. Uh, I I just I just said I was completely wrong. You were right. All this stuff. I haven't. I don't think I've heard that directly well, about Lewis Hamilton. I've I've heard. Good. Well, he's still not this. His teammate won the poll this weekend, and he didn't. So. <laughs> Only one of us on this podcast says when they're his wrong. Teammate, his teammate led a bunch of laps today. Lewis didn't. Um, great. He finished second. His teammate still had him in the standings. I, like, And I said last week, Mercedes is, just deserves a lot of credit for turning this around and figuring this out. And they look much, much better. Like, I don't think either of us would be surprised if they win not just a race, but a couple of races. And for them to continue to take these steps, like, good for them. Like it was Talladega, Talladega it, podcast. You said Lewis Hamilton will never win another race. He hasn't won yet, has he? <laughs> oh my god! I'm sorry. Why don't hang you on, just let me say just, you're wrong? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Well, I'm not wrong because he hasn't won a race, Jeff. You said he has hang a on. fork in his back. He's done. He's washed. Well, let me on here. I'm just making sure I didn't miss anything. He's finished hang second on. in two straight weeks. He's had podiums in hang three on. straight weeks at least. I'm, sor- I'm sorry. I'm sorting this by wins. No, nope, he still got a zero in the win column. I didn't miss anything. So no, I'm so far. I'm oh, not wrong. Man, so obnoxious. Talk about a villain arc. Here's your villain, everybody. I right embrace here. the. Ba- I listen. I embrace it. I. I like. You know. I'm. I'm a bad boy. I get it. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I guess you're like the Mike Davis of this podcast. After <laughs> everybody turned on him last week on the download. Poor Mike. I generally agreed with Mike. I think I understood what he was trying to say, but uh, he he got pummeled. Poor yeah, Mike. these are shark infested waters, man. You got to be careful. I know, I know. You get gobbled up. Um, well, anyway, so yes, the summer break is here for F one. They take a month off, and uh, I, I'm just going to be very curious what happens 
going forward because, you know, Vettel just announced his retirement. Um, you're going to start seeing some shifts going on. Um, you know, I don't know where they put some of these people that are trying to get seats, trying to come up. Obviously, you know, it sounds like Ricardo has said that uh, he'll be back and that it's his choice to come back to McLaren. Um, McLaren signed a lot of drivers. Still don't know how that whole thing's going to shake out. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I mean, does, does Alonzo go to replace Vettel and that opens a seat at Alpine? Like where do, what do you, I mean, I don't know. And, and Alpine's got a, a stud prospect in like F2, right? Yeah. Oscar Piastri. I think yeah. that's how you say his last That name, they want to get, they, that is deserving. They're, they're, they've a, been trying to get him up there. Yeah. Right? For a while. And then, so like it would make sense if you kind of say to Alonzo, like he, and Alonzo has been great this year. Like people don't realize it's like, he's been really, really good. And you know, his team hasn't done them much favors either, but you can go to a better opportunity maybe. And it just kind of seems like it's everybody would be best served to do that. Yeah. Well, it seems like a lot of these decisions typically uh, start to get made around this time of year. So um, yeah, I, I, I think it'll be, uh, you know, Look, Red Bull, I mean, Verstappen's clearly going to run away with this at this point. Um, what is it, 80-point lead? 80, 80. So three, isn't it three races? He could he could have, have three, three DNFs. DNFs. He could have three DNFs. He would still hold a point lead. Yeah, that's pretty shocking right there. It's, yeah. but, but no, he could still, he could, you know, Leclerc could still win the championship. No, 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 no. It's There's still a chance. Let me, you know, Ferrari can't keep screwing this up forever, Jeff. All right, you don't need to rub it in. Well, um, so for NASCAR next week, they are off to Michigan and um, maybe sort of the last glimmers of hope there for somebody else to pop their way in because, um, I don't know, just time's, time's starting to, to run out a little bit, I feel like, if you're going to have 16 winners. I know there's four races and all it takes is two, but... Um, what you're shaking your head. No, I agree. Like, I'm just looking at it. Like it's probably, I just don't think at this point that you're going to see, I just don't think you're not going to see a new winner at Richmond. No, that's what I was just going to say. Same thing. Like rich. And honestly, at this point, like we were talking about earlier at, at Watkins Glen, I I feel like the people that are going to win a road course race are kind of straightforward unless there's absolute chaos. Um, I don't see a new person winning a road course race at this point. I think people, the, the good teams, the good racers, have dialed in their road course package. Now they've had enough time through these four races. And, you know, I, I just can't see even like a McDowell popping up there out of nowhere. So, you know, who's going to get that win that hasn't won already. Uh, I just, sorry, I just don't see it. So, uh, if Michigan passes and there's not some crazy fuel mileage race or rain shortened race or something that as we've seen there before, then it just comes down to Daytona and, you know, that, that'll still be exciting, obviously, but you're, you're again, um, time's starting to run out for the storyline that we once thought, uh, briefly seemed to be a very, uh, ever present thing, but, um, so we'll see what happens with that. And, uh, again, IndyCar at Nashville next week. Um, any other, any other final thoughts, Jordan, before I want to talk about our, our podcast, uh, numbers from last week? No, I think we covered it all. Lots to talk about this weekend. And I think we, uh, we nailed it. Well, speak for yourself on nailing it. Uh, but I would say our our listeners nailed it uh, last week because somehow, for whatever reason, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of a numbers person where I like to look at uh, the the numbers that we get on our stories. Um, you know, obviously podcasts. I'm always looking at the numbers. Like I'm looking at how many people downloaded it in the first 24 hours. I keep a spreadsheet that I send to Jordan every once in a while of our top episodes and how many people listened all ranked and all this stuff. Cause I, I, you know, I, it, it's good to know. I think what, what resonates with people, what people like all this stuff, right? Well, pretty much for all year this year, Fontana has been our number one episode ever. And I thought, well, that's never going to be get beat. I mean, Fontana had more listeners than the Daytona 500 episode this year. Um, but, you guys made our Pocono episode last week already uh, our number one most listened to episode ever um, in less than a week. So that was really incredible and obviously surprising. I guess people maybe were tuning in to hear our live reaction of the disqualifications as we 
you know, heard, heard about it 40 minutes in or whatever, but, um, man, so humbling, honestly, like that people listen in those kind of numbers or want to hear what we think for whatever reason, very strange to me, but, uh, we really appreciated it is what I'm trying to say. And, uh, thank you guys so much for all your support. Uh, favorite thing I do every week is this podcast. And, um, yeah, it's just very, very cool to see the numbers keep growing. Um, I mean, seriously, I, I mean, from this time a year ago, I mean, we, we've had to at least double our, double our average listenership. So it's been, it's been amazing to see all the numbers coming in. So thank you guys so much for all your support. I echo what you said. It's uh, this is my favorite thing we do. This is my favorite thing I do every single week and that people are embracing this and people walk up to me at the racetrack multiple times throughout the weekend and tell me how much they love the podcast and they listen I can't tell you what that means to me. It it is uh it's very heartfelt. It's very appreciated and I love doing this. I'm glad that people are responding to it. I can't believe that they actually like to listen to us talk about racing and I, it blows my mind when I look at the numbers and people are actually they actually care about what we have to say and they're into it and it's awesome. And thank you to everyone who listens to this, who has embraced it, who's been part of this. Um thank you. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And hey, if uh, if the Pocono episode never gets topped, it'll still be cool because who would have thought that a Pocono episode would ever be like number one on any <laughs> any list? But um, yeah, we'll we'll take it either way, and hopefully more you know more exciting things to come this year. Whether it's Jordan um, battling with T-shirt guy at Bristol or whatever whatever the case may be. So yeah, that's right, one year um, anniversary of that coming up. Yeah, I mean seriously, like nine of our top 10 episodes ever, including all of the old untitled Jeff Gluck podcast, which you were on many times when I had you as a guest, um, which is still part of this feed, just renamed all those episodes, all the, all the ones we've done in, in our over three years at the athletic and all those things. Um, nine out of our top 10 highest episodes have come this year. The only one that's sticking in there around number five is our, uh, championship race edition from last year when we had Kyle Larson join us on the track, uh, after the race, that's the only one not from this year. Every, every other one has been since January. So, um, again, pretty cool. And, and again, we, we just sincerely appreciate it. Um, so thank you. And we will be, uh, back with you again next week, of course. So we we'll look forward to talking to you then. Thanks for listening to the teardown. Have a good week, everybody.